You are listening to Tani Talks Radio, the sheer where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. If you want to contact me, feel free to email me at MaximumTEE7 at gmail.com. MaximumTEE7 at gmail.com is my contact email. I'd be happy to hear from you. Questions, suggestions, comments, and the like. We'd be happy to hear from you. This is Tani Talks Radio. We're in a weekly format. In around 45 minutes or so, we try to talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Tonight's topic is, hey, buddy, don't be lazy. It's so easy to procrastinate so easy to think about how i just won't want to get this done i just want to rest after a long day i often think of myself of having two jobs aside for any side jobs and side projects that i actually have i think about working for the city as a doeot an occupational therapist for the city i have one school three days where i'm special ed it's district 75 i work with children that have severe special needs the other two days, I'm gen ed. I work with kids that have difficulties and disabilities in a general school. So that's usually the first part of the day, which ends around 3, and then I come home around 3.45, 4-ish, and then the second part of the day starts dealing with the children. Once the kids are in bed and whatnot, then I have the rest of the night to take care of the other stuff. But we think about that, and after all that's done, after all that's said and done, it's very easy to say, I just want to sit, and I just want to veg. Some people want to just watch. People want to read stuff, or they want to do their shows, or do their games, whatever. It's so easy to want to sit. It's so easy to want to be lazy. Why is it so easy to be a couch potato? Why is it so easy to be so lazy? Why is it so easy to procrastinate is the question. Why is it so much easier to be that couch potato than to be a go-getter, to be a lounger, than a doer, to be a slacker, is easier than to be someone who's active. Why do we sit and use no energy and then rather get up and use it? Why do we want to sit and do nothing rather than get up? Where does this all come from? Wikipedia explains this as the term of laziness is disinclination to activity or exertion despite having the ability to act or to exert oneself. It is often used as a pejorative. Terms for a person seen to be lazy include couch potato, slacker, and bludger. Call me crazy, but don't be lazy. Get up, do things, be involved, act. Do mitzvahs, but don't waste away your time and your days on your couch or bed wasting time. I will give a caveat again. After a whole day of working and then taking care of my kids, my wife and I do like to sit and relax and spend time with each other every night. Obviously, when I'm doing the shiurim or podcasting or whatnot, a lot of times I'll save chores in my own time of uh, of of calming down and relaxing when she's sleeping and everyone else is sleeping and I could take care of stuff but in general don't waste the whole day at the end of the day yes we need to energize and rejuvenate and I'm all for reading especially on on Friday nights is my favorite time of the entire week to read a good Jewish book a good Jewish novel good Jewish thriller or mystery I love that but we're not talking about, you know, at certain times, a couple of hours here and there. I'm talking about someone who, by definition, has the idea of being that 
procrastinator, being that person who doesn't do things. We need to not waste the time away. Time is a commodity we will never get back. And most people wish they had more time during life and at the end of life after 120 years, God willing. Unfortunately, we don't realize how precious time is. We don't realize how awesome time is. And we don't realize that it's something that we never get back. Time is something that we never get back. It's something that we need to use and utilize to be involved with and do what we can with our time. Business, being involved with doing a lot, is the opposite of laziness, in my opinion. As the famous phrase goes, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. In life, we need to be doers, people who take action and get things done. I think of our great Rav of our community who passed away just a couple of years ago, the Morad Asram, Rabbi Kalamar, who was nifter just not so much in the recent past. No one seemed to be able to do nearly as much as he did. People talked about how he seemed to be in two places at one time. How he was there for all of his family, including his children, grandchildren, as well as for all of the community. This was a person who seemed to make more hours in the day than was humanly possible. Think of my own father who was Nifter many years ago when I was just a little kid of nine years old. I'm 35 now here in 2023 when we're recording. He also seemed to make more hours in the day than possible as a community doctor dealing with nursing homes, heading the nursing home, heading the hospital, having patients in his office a couple of blocks away in town, having patients in our own home, the office in our basement when we were kids, as well as taking care of us in the family, me as one of the kids, the youngest, making it to softball, being the coach of Little League and karate and so much more. A person who appreciates the value of time, the precious gift of time, uses his time wisely and doesn't let laziness win. Don't let the lazy win. But if you use that time to cram as much as you can, to cram as much as you can into one day of life to get things done, that's really an epic win for the day. You think you did so much today? Think of the rabbis of our communities, the doctor who heads hospitals, the lawyers who head large firms, what they have to accomplish in a day, especially with making sure that they're doing mitzvahs and Torah learning and chesed, that it gets done every single day. If they can do so much, how much more so we must try to do with our own days and our own time. No one ever said after 120 years, you know, I wish... I had more lounging time. I wish I spent more time on the couch. I wish I played more with my phone. I wish I watched more TV or movies or read more mystery novels or played games. That would be absurdity at its finest and a complete lack of appreciation of time. No one said after 120 years, I wish I just rested more. People don't talk about that. In fact, it's said of the famous person, I forget his name, but the, the CEO or the founder of Walmart was heading to his last moments and his family was gathering around his deathbed and he's gasping for air and he wants to get out one last message to his family, 
to his wife, to his kids. You know, this is a person who you would think made it all, who really made it, had it, was worth billions, had a multi-multi-billion dollar corporation, Walmart, stores all over the world, selling tons and tons of stuff, helping so many people, right, with so many jobs and whatnot. The last three words are quoted of this person saying, I blew it. I blew it. He said in his last few moments of life. Why did he say that? Why was that his last parting message to his wife and kids? Because he was so involved in the business, in making the billions, which never comes with you, by the way. Money comes and goes. I say this all the time. Money comes and goes, but happiness, memories, spending time with your family, your wife and kids, making a difference in the world, that's what really stays. That's what really matters. Yeah, you make money today, it'll be gone tomorrow. You have bills today, bills tomorrow. Credit cards today, credit cards tomorrow. Things come and go. What really matters, what really makes a difference is not how much money a person amasses. Now, on how much money a person makes or how much he spends on his bills or what he gives to pay payments, what he gives to tzedakah with his time, with chesed. That's what really matters, the difference we make in the world. This person who was worth millions really at the end was not worth even the petty cash that added up to all that amount because he forgo so he for he had forgone so much in his life, sacrificed way too much which should not have been sacrificed in order to accumulate something that never was coming with him. How many dinners did he miss? How many baseball games of his kids did he miss? How many anniversaries, birthday parties? How much time was wasted? Precious time he could have spent with his wife, with his kids, in his house. How much could have been done had he realized what the priorities were in life? What people often say, like this example, at the end of life is related to, I wish I had more time. I wish I did more with my days. I wish I spent time with others. I wish, like my wife, like my kids, I wish I did X or Y in my life. I wish I pursued that degree. I wish I pursued that passion, that book, that show I always wanted to do. What a waste. What a shame. You have the capability to do so much with your days. So the question is, why aren't you doing it already? Don't let the Yetzirah win. Don't let the procrastinator win. Don't let the evil stopping you inside you, fighting you, not letting you to accomplish anything. Don't let that win. Step up to get out. Step up to overcome procrastination. Hey, buddy, don't be lazy. Think of the great Hillel, who is one of my role models from Pickery Elvis and the Talmud. Fascinating stories about Hillel abound. You could spend a whole lecture, a whole sheer, a whole topic just talking about Hillel. Suffice it to say, he had a very interesting life. Did not make a lot of money. He gave one half a dinar to tuition. They had tuition back in the day for base medrash and one half dinner to his family, which can explain to you if he needed a half dinar to support his family, that much money, that's how much money he had to spend just to get into the study hall. One day he didn't even have the half a dinner. It was a bitter cold day. The Talmud talks about this. And he wanted to learn so much. His burning desire to learn was so much that he went to the roof and he literally just stayed there in a blizzard, in a snowstorm. The next morning, some of the sages are talking and saying, why is it so dark here today? Why is it lacking light? They look up and they see a lifeless form in the skylight. They rush up to the top. Lo and behold, it's Hillel himself passed out 
frostbitten under like four feet of snow. They rush him out, bring him to the study hall. He literally was trying to listen because he did not have the money to study to learn. That is a person who will do what he can. And of course, Hillel went to great heights, had the unbelievable patience to answer many questions, even on Arab Shabbos. The famous case of someone coming to him saying, convert me while I stand on one foot. And he says, don't do to others what you don't want to do to you. The rest is commentary. Fascinating example. Hillel himself talks to us about how we need to grab life, how we need to take hold of the minutes of the moments how we need to make sure to do so much in life. One of my favorite Mishnahs of all time, my favorite Sefer is Pirkei Avos. Of course, we have Tani Talks Pirkei Avos, the podcast. Now in Season 6, that comes out on weekdays. We know you can hear it on all podcast forums along with Tani Talks staff and Tani Talks OT. And of course, we have the Tani Talks Parsha on the podcast forums as well as Nachum Siegel on, t- on 10 p.m. at nights. And of course, this Tani Talks Radio Weekly. But when we talk about Pirkei Elvis, one of my favorite Mishnahs of all time comes from Parak Aleph Mishnah Yadala, talking about the value and the importance and the essence of standing up for yourself, taking care of yourself, and working in the moment now. Ho haya omer. Hillel used to say, Im ain anili mili. If I am not for myself, who is for me? Who's going to take care of it for me? No one else can be me. I am the only Tani that can be for myself. Yes, there might be other Tanis in the world, but I'm the only Tani in this moment with my soul, my personality, my capability. There never was one, never will be, and never is one at this moment. I can only be for myself. I can only take care of this myself, my mission, my capability, my essence in this world. As a personal example. But if I am only for myself, if I'm selfishly thinking of myself, what is my true essence, my true existence? If I only take care of myself, then I'm really not taking care of anything in this world and I'm wasting space, God forbid. You must think of others first, especially spouse, then kids, and then the rest of the world. If I have the ability to help, but I don't use that, I talk about this all the time in other shirm as well, it almost seems like a chaval. It seems like a waste. It seems like what a pity that you didn't use your talents. You didn't make that invention. You didn't create that idea. If I didn't think about in in that cloudy day in March 2018... When Hashem put it on my mind, I have to go on this journey, this beautiful, wonderful journey of podcasting and then radioing, becoming on the radio, Baruch Hashem. What would have happened? All of those episodes would have been lost forever. They would have been gone. Baruch Hashem, the OT show has over 720 episodes to date. We're at season six. The Perke Elva show has also hundreds of episodes to date. Each Mishnah cycle is 120 Mishnahs. We're in season six, so you could count it up. Baruch Hashem, the Daf episodes and formerly the Life show, the Parsha show, the Shir, and now this radio Shir. If I didn't go on this, what a waste. You have this ability. If I'm only for myself, I keep this idea hidden inside. That would have been so much lost Torah, so much lost audio. And Baruch Hashem, Mirz Hashem, audio stays for life. What if someone has the idea to write a book and never writes it? That would have been lost. What if Chas V'Shalom, the Briskorav, Lahavda, Lahavda, these are much 
greater, greater examples than any of us, just giving a, a massive example. The great sages talk about how I didn't want to write the cipher. It was too hard for me. I, I, I was worried about it, but in the end they did. Can you imagine if we didn't have a Chovos, a Levavos, or a Mesilas, Yisharm, God forbid? What if there wasn't the Mishnah Brewer or the Shulchan Aruch? These are essential, essential things. In a much more microcosmic way, Whatever essence you can do, it'll be lost if you don't bring it to the force. How could you let laziness get in the way? How could you let procrastination get in the way? You have a capability to make an essence and a difference in this world. You can fulfill your Dalit Amos, your contributions to this world. Besides for the Pirke Avos and the Daf and the OT and the Parsha and the Radio, my side projects of these audio podcasts and the shiurim i also have a much lesser known project that i've been working on for years and i'm trying to get it through the forum because i don't want it to be lost i keep trying i keep applying to newspapers and newspapers and newspapers and the like it's basically where's waldo meets hidden items from highlights if you remember that growing up it's a fine five series it's basically a guy with his wife and kids and a goldfish you have to find them and mitzvah items like a like a, a lachter and a tzedakah box and a talis in different scenes throughout Jewish life and regular life. So it's find five at the zoo and find five at the mall and at the house. I want it to be ending up, I wanted it to be a weekly feature in a newspaper and I want it to be ending up that it becomes a book and then a series that I could self-publish. I have someone helping me right now currently on a free venture. Hopefully that lasts and we make it you know, to enough pages. But if I didn't put it into paper, I didn't at least put it into fruition, it would have been lost to eternity it would have been lost during corona the idea hit me smack in the head i'm like why is there a where's waldo for non-jews but for jews there's nothing there there was one time a where's velvo that miss goetz made which is a beautiful thing but it's not exactly what i was thinking of yes there's hidden items i find the items like i spy high spy but not exactly what i was thinking i put it down i wrote it down in notes and then i tried a couple of times baruch hashem we were published once or twice a real example and a hanukkah issue also so it's out there but i had to write it down i can't let laziness get in the way of any of my ideas i can't let time be lost to any of the ideas anytime i had any thought i had to write it down i had an idea for a craft series wasn't taken up had an idea for an ot blurb series like ot whispers talking about like an ot concept every week for the paper like a win that we do in ot land like an idea i thought of to help a student that was a win anytime any idea comes to your mind i'm just giving personal examples but anytime any idea comes to your mind you have to let it come out you have to act on it don't let laziness get in the way don't let procrastination get in the way it's your enemy you have to step up don't let Yitzhara win because we say if I don't do it now when am I going to do it? If I don't get involved now when am I going to do it? When is it going to be done? Anytime a song hits me anytime a riff I, I play guitar Baruch Hashem since I'm a little kid unfortunately the past couple of months haven't been playing nearly as much as I want to but sometimes when I do get to play and something hits me I immediately pull out my phone and my voice memos and I say hey this is a work in progress here capo number two with the G chord the C chord and the D chord or whatever if it's capo one two three or, or the open notes I play lefty happens to be acoustic you have to write it down don't let it be gone if you're not going to act on it now 
When are you going to act on it? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Use today. Don't let it be lost to tomorrow. Now is the time to stand up and act, to do good today. Now is the time to fight laziness and procrastination and win every day to get things done. Now is the time, not tomorrow, not next month, but right now. Perkevus also teaches us in Parag Ben, Mishnah Tedvav Tedzain, Rabbi Tarfon Omer, Rabbi Tarfon says, Hayom Katsar Vahamalacha Muruba, Vahapo Alim Atse Lim, Vahaschar Harbe, Valhabayis Dochek. Rabbi Tarfon says, The day is short. The work is much. There's a lot of work to do. But the workers are lazy. The workers are lazy, not my words, the Pirkei words. And the reward is great. The master of the house is pressing. There is so much that could be done. If we're granted the life that we hope and we pray for of 120 years, that is a blip in the history of time. It is not a lot of time. If you give hours to sleeping and regular needs and eating and drinking, you're really not left with a lot of time, especially if you're working, you have to provide for the family, and you have to take care of the kids and chores. You really don't have much time left. What are you going to do with that time? Don't be lazy. Don't be that couch potato. Hey, buddy, don't be lazy. The day is short. There's much work to do. The reward is great. The master of the house is pressing. There's so much that can be done. We want to be like an Avraham, like a Sarah. Do you know what it says at the end of the life? And I talk about this often as well. It's a very simple example. It says, Yemei Shanei. Chayei Sarah, Yemei Shanei, Chayei Avraham. I'm not quoting it exactly, but it talks about Yamim and Shanam. Why does it do that? Why does it talk about a Yom and a Shana for an Avraham or a Sarah or Yitzchak? Because you can have someone that has a lot of years, but they don't make the most of their days. You could have someone that doesn't have a lot of years of life, but they make the most of their days. Sarah and an Avraham was someone who made the most of their years and the most of their days. You think about the Arizal HaKadosh, she only had 36 years or so on this earth, but how packed were those 36 years? You could have a Rosh Hashanah who's given how many years of life? 120, 130, 140 years. But how many of those years were actually packed with meaningful days? And how many days and years were wasted? We need to be a person to emulating the Avos and the Imahos on our tiny level to make the most of our days and the most of our years. The day is short. There's only 24 hours in a day. There's only 120 years, most likely, in a man or a woman's lifespan. We need to make the most of the day, the most of the year. How could we let laziness get in the way? How could we let procrastination get in the way? I believe one of the biggest insults that anyone could ever say to me is laziness. Because I feel in my life I try to be the antithesis of lazy. Don't call me lazy, man. I have a full-time job. I have a second-time job. 
I have other things I'm involved with too, like Community Luach and signing up people for Jewish podcasts. I have my own five podcasts. I also have a side project, Find Five, I try to work on. I also work on the guitar. Obviously, I, I take care of my kids. Baruch Hashem, we have four kids and I have a wife. And there's household responsibilities. I try to do as much as I can around the house, including cooking and laundry and garbage and baths and many, many, many other things. Don't ever call me lazy, please. That would be a highly insulting thing. The idea of calling someone lazy is really, in effect, saying that they're not doing anything, that they're not accomplishing things in life. We need to be someone who makes the most of our time and the most of our days and the most of our years. Again, there's a caveat. Yes, it is important to unwind. Yes, it is important to decompress and to de-stress at the end of the day. You know, my wife and I really try to make time throughout the week. We have this awesome kids' cooking show, an adult cooking show, MasterChef. It's really great fun. It's really interesting to see the different things they make. I wish it was kosher. And yes, I have my own aspects and my own shows that I like to watch that my wife doesn't like to watch. She doesn't like superhero shows or cop shows or stuff like that. But you know, at the end of the day, that's not my essence. That's not my my days. That's all the way at the end of the day to decompress. We need to make sure that our essence is not lazy. Our essence is working and accomplishing and doing what we can in this world. Rabbi Tarfan also used to say in the next mission in Perke Elvis, it is not lo hamlacha ligmor. It is not very famous song. It is not your duty to finish the work, but neither are you at liberty to neglect it. Again, when I started the shows in 2018, I had no idea where it was going to go. Baruch Hashem in season 6, and hopefully we're Zelcha to do it for many more years, many more seasons. But who knows where it'll go, but I had to at least start. I don't know where it's going to finish. I don't know where it's going to go. No one knows what tomorrow is going to bring, right? Or years from now or eons from now. But you have to at least start. You're not mechoyev to finish the work, but you have to at least start the work. People get very scared to join the Dafyomi cycle, to join the, the Steimikra cycle. What if I can't commit? Who knows what I'm doing in five years, in seven and a half years? Take it one day at a time. Take it one mesechta at a time. Before you know it, it'll be the end of the cycle. It's not your duty to finish, but you have to at least start. It would be wonderful if you finish and you stay part of the cycle for the whole time. But you have to at least start. You have to at least start. Put your foot forward, your best foot forward, and make sure that you're part of it in the best way possible. If you studied much Torah, you'll be given much reward. Faithful is your employer to pay you the reward of your labor. Know that the grant of reward unto the righteous is in the age to come. Sometimes you might not actually see what you start, but hopefully you will. But of course, there's much, much benefit in the world to come. I often say that I do these podcasts, I do these shirm, I have no idea if it affects anyone or anyone or if anyone's listening or whatnot. That's why I always talk about, you know, please feel free to reach out, comment, suggestions, and feedback are always helpful and always wonderful. Maximum TEE7 at gmail.com. Maximum TEE7 at gmail.com. But sometimes you don't hear anything till much, much later. There was a person, Lahabdul, Lahabdul, Lahabdul. There was a person who made a safer, and during his life, I don't know if it was, it wasn't the Chavitz Chaim. I think it was someone else who made a safer during his life. It was not, 
accepted. It was not really out there. It was so disappointing because he worked so hard on it. And way after his death, posthumously, it became humongous. It exploded. And how chaval, how sad for the person that his life's work was not really pounced upon, was not really put out there, was not really showing him the, the Hana'a, but obviously in Shemayim he sees it. But we should all be Zoha that whatever endeavors we do, we do see the rewards, we do see the, the the reaping of the rewards in this lifetime, but at least put your effort in. Don't be lazy. Don't be missing out the point and don't be missing out the ability to put your work into the world. A fascinating thing comes up in Sefer Shemos, and Rashi points out, we look at the idea, in a couple of weeks is Pesach, and I want to burst your bubble, but less than a month of Pesach, about three weeks. Ushmartim es hamatzos. You shall watch the unleavened bread. It shouldn't reach the stage of becoming leavened. The rabbi said if the dough was rising, a sign that the leavening process is settling in, the person kneading the dough polishes it with cold water, slapping it in cold water. Rabbi Yoshia says, don't read it as hamatzos, the unleavened bread, but es hamitzvos, a very fascinating plan. Words very famous. You shall watch the commandments, just as we may not cause the unleavened bread to become leavened by letting the dough remain in its raw state too long. So we may not let the commandments become leavened by waiting too long before we perform it. If a mitzvah comes to your hand, mitzvah baliyado, I say it's them. Not the right verbiage, but when the mitzvah comes to your hand, do it right away. Milchati Rabbi Shmuel points out, if you have the ability, you see a meal train, you see a cooking team needs help, you see that uh, someone needs help, that's why the idea, we're learning about Masechus Nazarene right now, the only time in certain cases that a Nazar can become Tami is a mace, or a Kohen, we're talking about a Kohen Gadol, the only time they can get involved in being involved in a mace mitzvah is when it is a mace mitzvah that is a lacking family mace mitzvah. It's it's the mace that has no family. It's the corpse that has no one to take care of them. It comes to your hand, you need to take care of it. It doesn't matter who you are, what stage in life, you need to take care of it. You need to be involved in it. If a mitzvah comes to your hands, al-tachamitz, don't let it become chamitz. Don't let it be lost. Don't let someone else take that mitzvah away from you. You should take it. You should grab it. You should be the one to do it immediately. Don't let it become the chametz. Ushmartim es hamatzos, really ushmartim es hamitzvos. Don't let the mitzvah be gone. Do what we can to be able to do the mitzvah right away. We might not be able to finish everything, but we at least need to start with the process right away Become before it becomes chametz or lost. God forbid. It might be hard. It might be difficult to succeed. It might be very, very difficult. At first, I always say, when I start off the year or I start in a new school, it's always the hardest period. Lafum Sara Agra Perkyavis teaches us, Ben Hehe Omer in Perak Hey Mishnah Chaf Gimel, Lafum Sara Agra, it is always in according to the exertion is the reward and also Lafum Sara Agra and also Kolas Chalot Kashot, another famous saying, in the beginning is always the hardest, but once you get into it, once you get into the groove, it becomes much simpler. Yes, in the beginning it was very difficult thinking of the theme, thinking of the topics, thinking of logos and catchphrases. Always hard in the beginning, but once you start, once you put in the labor, the reward really comes and then it becomes much more smoother sailing. The famous phrase goes, the early bird gets the worm. Zriza makdim in the mitzvahs, the first one has to go. 
you get up, make sure you are not lazy. You can make sure to get things done. Remember, Pekiavis teaches us elsewhere in Dalid, Yud Dalid, and Yud Zayin. Rabbi Yaakov Omer Ha'olam HaZedoma LeProzer Bifnei Ha'olam HaBahatkein Atzmacha BeProzer Kadesh Etikanis LaTraklin. This world, Rabbi Yaakov teaches us, is the vestibule before the world to come. Prepare yourself in this world in the vestibule so that you may enter the banqueting hall. The Gemara says elsewhere that this world, we're going to look about this in a minute, this world is like Erev Shabbos, and the world to come is like Shabbos. The Mishnah talks about in Medrash Mishlein. If you don't prepare on Erev Shabbos, you won't be able to eat on Shabbos. The world we are coming to is like dry land, but the world is already immersed in the sea. You're not going to get to the dry land if you don't go through the sea. You have to put in the work in order to get the reward, to get the effort. Don't be lazy. Make sure you put your eggs in the right basket. You accumulate all the diamonds you can in this world. And it's better to do work in this world because we know who haya omer than in another mishnah yafasha achas pechuvu masim tovim ba'olam hazem mikol chaye ha'olam haba v'yafasha achas shal koras ruach ba'olam haba mikol chaye ha'olam hazed. This world is most precious to do repentance and good deeds than all the life of the world to come, and more precious is one hour of tranquility of the world to come than all the life of this world. In the next world, you can rest. In the next world. World, you could be tranquil, but this world is the world of work. This world is the work of world of repentance, of doing good deeds, being involved in action. My friend used to say, "You could sleep when you're dead. You can rest when you're dead after 120 years." But this world is a world of making sure to do work. Use your time wisely in this world. The way of the world nowadays also leads us to become more lazy. The old idea of the olden days, putting in a good day's honest work, a simple day's, is not really so much upon us. Unfortunately, technology gets in the way. The phones and the computers get in the way. There's so much entertainment at your fingertips on your phone. Checking with it with others that are actually calling them as possible. You know, restaurant food delivery, online shopping. You know, finding the news. Other people doing your errands for you. Not even going to the bookstore using Kindle or Nook. I believe you cannot give up on real books. We have a whole free lending library in our house in our town just to that effect where we give out Jewish books and novels on purpose for kids and adults because I love the idea. But, you know, when it comes to it, there's so much at your fingertips. It really induces a life of laziness, unfortunately. We need to put those things away. We need to have some effort, some exertion, putting things in and putting in the effort in order to get the reward. Besides the quick fixes and the science and technology and life hacks, it makes people too lazy. It makes people too convenient. Too much convenience is not good. Conveniences are great, but not to the exclusion of making yourself incredibly lazy. Do not let the technological advances morph you into a couch potato all day long. You know, the Medrash talks about the donation of the precious stones. We're in the Parshios now of the end of Shemos here in this time of year. When we're talking about the Nesim, the Nesim talk about, and this comes from Aish with Rabbi Geffen and how the Medrash also talks about, you know, the Nesim talk about that they would give what else, whatever no one else gave. And Hashem holds them to task for this. The plan backfires because everyone gave a lot of stuff in the enthusiasm for the Mishkan. And the only thing that was left over to give was the precious stones. And then, of course, they go out of their way to, to give the Karbonos when it's time to dedicate the temple. But Hashem was displeased with them because they were late in giving to the Mishkan. They lost a yud from their name because of this. The Orachayim says...
since they had an error here, they're mentioned last in the materials because they waited till the end. Some people say that their their reasoning makes for understanding. It it seems understandable. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz also asks, you know, this seems very understandable. Why are they punished? Because Rashi explains they were initially lazy. So they lost a yud in their name. The real reason they tarried in bringing the gifts was because beneath all the valid justifications was the trait of laziness. Messias Yisham talks about how laziness can get in the way and a person can think of powerful reasons, many dangerous reasons why not to be involved in giving things and doing things. They could just Justify many, many things, but we can't let laziness get in the way. It's so cunning it could put itself in different traits and different aspects, but really it's just getting in the way. Don't be like the mistake of the Nassim. Don't wait till the end. Don't wait till the last minute. Make sure to be someone who really pushes himself to go and to do things. A person by nature is lazy. Mitzvah Shishim talks about this in the Jewish Press points up from by Schaefer too in the Shmuz. A person wants to be sluggish and really wants to be lazy, but we have to be the opposite. We have to make sure to move with alacrity to make sure we move and use our system to fight the inborn laziness, to make sure we work and we do what we can to move in this world and to do what we can to make things accomplished in this world. A rabbi talks about when Rabbi Rabbeinu Bechaya talks about when he was making the Chavos Halvavos, he was unsure if he wanted to write the Sefer, but then he realized laziness was getting in the way, and he wrote the Sefer in Bar Hashem. It's a hugely popular Sefer. Can you imagine if it wasn't there, God forbid? There's a fascinating example from Chabad.org with author Yanki Tabor, a very famous story of a parable about using time and life together, what's really important. One time there was a poor person who heard that in a faraway land, all the way on the other side of the deep and dangerous sea, there was a place where diamonds were as plentiful as dust. One need only bend down, scoop them up, and fill one's pockets. After a long and arduous journey, the man arrives in this wonderful land. Everything that had been said about it was true. Diamonds of all sizes were strewn around everywhere. Even the sand was comprised of billions of tiny glimmering gems. Glittering gems all around, a group of children gathered to watch the stranger. Strange stranger, kneeling on the ground, stuffing his pockets with stones and pebbles. But the friend was too busy to notice them. To celebrate the end of poverty, he tra- they ordered a luxurious dinner in the most expensive restaurant in town. Feeling generous, he handed the waiter a small-sized stone and exhorted him to keep the change. Needless to say, he spent that entire night washing dishes in the kitchen to pay for his extravagance. He quickly learned that these pebbles, each of which would be worth millions back home, were utterly worthless in that town. In that town, the currency with which people paid for goods and services was fish. In, pa- in fact, few people remember that fish were originally consumed as a food. No one was bothered by the stench which emanated from their wallets, pocketbooks, and money closets. Indeed, a reeking establishment exuded the sweet aura of old money. Once he overcame the disappointment of a lost dream, the traveler was revealed to be a most resourceful and ambitious individual. He worked hard, invested wisely. Before long, he was one of the wealthiest people in the land. His businesses were headquartered in the most ranked section of old downtown as private vaults held thousands of tons of fish. Finally, it was time to return home. He telegraphed his family, I'm rich. We shall never want for anything in our lives. Prepare triumphant homecoming. 
He loaded his fortune on a fleet of ships and set sail for hometown. Family and friends dressed in their best awaited him eagerly at the seaport. Of course, there was nothing that could be done with his shiploads of rotted fish except sail back a few miles and jump them into the sea. Later that day, as he was undressing for bed, a few specks of dust were shaken out of his trouser pockets and sparkled on the floor of his home. He and his family never again wanted for anything in their lives, but had he realized the true message of what really was important, what really was valuable back home, he would have used his efforts differently. How interesting how oftentimes we lose sight of the most important things in life. What is really valuable? What is really the diamonds to take with us into the afterlife after 120 years? What should we do to combat laziness? What should we do to accumulate merits, to accumulate mitzvahs, to accumulate things with us in this world? Don't go for the fish. Don't go for the rotting fish. It's going to rot. It's not going to come with you. The money of this world, the dollar bill, is the rotten fish. It doesn't come with you to the next world. What are the diamonds? The mitzvot, the Torah, the chesed that you can do, the kana shem tov, the shem tov you want to get that you can acquire for yourself. That comes with you after 120 years. They accompany you and they come with you as a beautiful procession. They become your defending angels, we're taught. After 120 years in the heavenly court, any sin you have is a prosecuting angel, but Baruch Hashem, any mitzvah you did is your defending angel. Halavai, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of defending mitzvah angels and only a few sin prosecuting angels in our afterlife after 120 years. Remember, to gather the diamonds, the diamonds and the dust. Remember to use our time gathering the right things in life, not being lazy or wasting or killing our time, God forbid, in our days. Time is something we can never get back. Accumulate those diamonds. Accumulate those pro precious proper aspects. You think about the fox, the parable that the fox wants those grapes so badly it starves itself and then it goes to the other side. It eats its fill and then it can't get back under the hole, under the fence. It does it time and time again till it finally realizes to throw those grapes over the fence to the other side, to throw those baskets under over the other side, to accumulate the grapes, accumulate the diamonds in your life. Of course, a mushel of this life and the next life, those grapes, those diamonds, those mitzvahs that you should accumulate in your life, in your life in the right way, in the right aspect. We must realize that we can be busy pers people getting things done. You give things to a busy person to get it done. Obviously, don't overwhelm them. But these are people oftentimes who make sure to make the most out of their days. There's a good reason that they're in high demand that they get things done. They're merely to go sacrifice, to go the extra mile to ensure the vision is executed. Failure is not an option. We make sure to do what we can in this life. Inc.com even gives examples from author Lolly Doskill against laziness. Make sure... You're not overwhelmed in your life. Have a realistic amount on your plate so you don't just sink into oblivion. Check your motivation. If you're not motivated, it's easy to slip into what looks like laziness. Get your motivation back. Look at your surroundings. Check your surroundings. Your environment and the people around you matter. Surround yourself only with good, positive people. Get rid of toxic people, toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships. Unhealthy people must be uprooted for your life for whatever reason. Make sure to surround yourself with motivation, excitement, energy, and positive thinking. Value your time. Make the most of the time you do spend working. Look at your to-do list and prioritize. Use a planner, calendar, reminders, both on phone and paper. I use my calendar reminders for everything. If it's not there, I won't remember. Reframe your thinking. Think about the higher purpose of your 
station in life or your position in a company or your position wherever you work, your organization, think about how you have the feeling of having accomplished something significant. Having Accomplishing things is really the way of being involved in this life. So reframe your thinking, the source of value. It's easy to become lazy if you don't see the value in what you have to do. When you make a to-do list, include the benefits of each task. When you focus on benefits and goals, productivity becomes much more rewarding. Learn the value of each task and then work to achieve it. Make new habits. If you typically put off the most complex or difficult assignments for last, do them first. I oftentimes, almost always, save the most difficult children for first. I'm an OT in the city and I got to see eight kids a day, eight sessions a day usually. So I try to see the hardest kids and then end with the easier kids. So make sure you have new habits. Do your difficult assignments. Make them first. Measure changes. Keep new habits. It's very hard to do habits. Habits take a month to form and three months to break. Start a regimen and keep to it. Make sure to share your goals with others around you. Keep at it. Tell people about it. Schedule work and break times. If you're going to work for an hour, then take a 15-minute break. Make sure to look for alternatives. Think ways you can work more efficiently. Is there a better way? Can you delegate a task? Can you automate a task? Remember, nothing changes until you do. You can't change people around you. You can't change the circumstances around you most times, but you can change yourself. You can have all the full trip foolproof tips and tricks in the world but ultimately nothing changes until you do because the truth is nothing will change until you do be the change you want to see in the world one of my favorite phrases be the change you want to see in the world set up your mind to the task and get up and complete it start right now to develop the self-discipline you need to reach your goals there's a famous phrase that comes from the the founder of the Muslim movement, Rabbi Stroh Salandra, he wanted to change the world. He realized he couldn't do that. He wanted to change his continent. He realized he couldn't do that. He wanted to change his country. He realized he couldn't do that either. He wanted to change his state. Couldn't do that either. He wanted to change his city. Realized he couldn't even do that. He wanted to change the town. Wasn't possible either. He wanted to change his neighborhood. Couldn't do that. He wanted to change his block. Couldn't do that. He wanted to change his House couldn't do that. Wanted to change his family members. Couldn't do that. The only thing he could do was to change himself. And then everything else, by definition, changes. If he would have realized that much earlier in life, there could have been much more change in the world. Be the change you want to see. It all starts with you. You need to fight laziness. You need to fight and find the motivation to do in life. Be busy. Be active. Call me crazy, but don't be lazy. Hey, buddy. Don't be lazy. Be involved. Be a doer. The busy person will figure out how to get it done. Try to live by this rule. When you want something done, give it to a busy person. When we juggle a day job, the kids, the chores, everything in life, any side projects and all else, it has to be scheduled and figured out into the day. Have reminders to help you. Keep moving. Keep doing. Keep acting. Keep busy. This can all combat laziness. It's up to you to combat the laziness around and within you. You can stand up. You can fight it. You can destroy it. You can beat it. Realize the strength and the power is all inside of you. You have the effort. You have the energy. You have the ability to be this great change in the world, to capitalize on any idea 
in this world, remember, We have 24 hours in the day. Be someone who uses Yemei and Shanae, someone who has the Yamim and the Shamim, getting the most out of life, that you made the most out of your days, you made the most out of your years. You made the most out of your years and the most out of your days. Do what you can in this life to make sure that you're accomplishing what you can, to make sure that you are not a lazy person who is doing the mitzvahs, who is accumulating all these things in this world, that you're making sure to throw those grapes over the fence, who are accumulating the diamonds in your pockets, in your bags, in your baskets. Make sure to use your time and utilize your time wisely. A person never looks back at his life at his life and says, I wish I wish I had more time on the couch. Oftentimes I'll say, I wish I did more with my time, spent more time with my wife, with my kids, spent more time making a positive difference in the world. I only had so much time. I only had so many years. Do what you can with the time Hashem gives you. Time is a precious commodity. Don't waste it. Don't be lazy. Make sure, hey buddy, don't be lazy. This has been Tani Talks Radio. This year where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Join us next time, God willing, next week here on Tani Talks Radio. And I'm your host, Tani.